going on everybody welcome into episode 13 of connected by scenes podcast the boys all back once again g danny i'm seth today uh we discuss a conversation with co-founder of original grain andrew beltron a heck of a good time to catch up with andrew young guy who's very successful at what he's doing uh him and his brother along in that journey together premier watch wood and steel watchmaking company i guess is is the best way to say it um but whatever way you want to categorize it manufacturer (laughs) yeah whatever way you want to categorize it they're killing it um they're right here in san diego san diego product you know but from the uh, pacific northwest so it was cool to chat with him you guys will soon enough hear that interview before that quick uh recap or I guess, yeah, recap of the week um, of our teams in the NBA playoffs. It was short-lived on the Borat bathing suit uh, idea for Danny. Both of his teams swept out of the playoffs, um, the Pacers <laughs> and the Nets. Uh, thanks for showing up. Uh, G and I still in. You have the uh, Trailblazers, G. Actually, a pretty good series uh, yeah. against the Lakers. They're playing right now. I don't know the score. The Lakers, are, I just looked it up. They are, they're comfortably ahead. Uh, well, I know Dame was 92-56. So. <laughs> oh, my goodness. In, well, the, in the third, eight minutes Portland, left in the third. I think that they'll be all right. Portland won that first game, but looks like that one uh, heading towards the Lakers. Houston OKC has been a, a good series. I have the Rockets, so that one 2-2. Two, two. The uh, the Nugs, Denver, um, yet to figure it out. Three, uh, trailing three to one in that series to the Jazz. And then you have another tight one, G, with the uh, Clippers and Mavericks. I don't know if you saw that game winner. I um, did. Yeah, by uh, Luca last night. That was pretty sweet. But that's a good well, series too. So this is, uh, I mean, I always probably would have tuned in for the playoffs, but that was the fun of it is that's the only time I would have really watched, you know, so – um, there's been some exciting times. I did not think Portland would be down by 64 points uh, tonight, <laughs> but that's wild. Um, so that's that. Danny, you're out. Nice knowing you. Smell you. Um, we'll try and figure out another way for you to uh, get us to dress up and wear, wear the Borat bathing suit. But You'll have more the, uh, Oh, I'll get you. <laughs> that's the uh, catch-up there on the NBA playoffs. Now we – we just slide right in and navigate into the uh, highs and lows of everyone's week. Um, this is always one of my favorite times here. We talked about the Tesla uh, turning into the heavy-duty man's working vehicle last week. Uh, let's see what we can. Is uh, that not more Orange week. County? I mean, dude, I heard people reached out. They were like, "Oh my gosh, that Tesla part, hilarious!" Blah blah blah. So. Um, <laughs> We'll uh, we'll get that started. Dude, what a terrible what going. a terrible concept. Oh, awful. Highs and lows of the week. Let me think. Um, my highs. I don't know. I just got to kind of I got to kind of hang around the family a lot, and I was home this weekend. I've been away the past couple weekends uh, traveling, and so 
we were trying to get some stuff done in Arizona for the family. And so I got to be home this week and hang out with the kids. Low. Man. I can't really say. Oh, that's not a bad thing. I could say one of Yeah, not a bad thing, but I think, I think my son, my oldest son, Ty punched me in the balls when I wasn't looking. So that was, that was kind of a low. Did he uh, figure out that, that you don't do that? Like, was that the first time? Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Just wait till you have them. They know. They just, you know, he likes to, (laughs) he likes, he likes to box with dad. And sometimes when dad's not ready to box, you hey, turn around and turn around into his attention. Oh, that's turn around into a left, into a left hook. And you're like, Whoa, okay. But like, Southpaw. That. that's an illegal shot. <laughs> Robbie no. would be proud. He probably hits harder than Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, shout out Robbie. Attaboy. Dude, Robbie, dude, actually yeah. shout out Robbie. He was a great tester for us. Um, before we had Brandon Laird, actually, that first episode was supposed to be Robbie. We unfortunately ran into the Wi-Fi yeah. issues and all that stuff, but that was cool. <laughs> um, we need to get a fighter on here. We need to get a boxer on here. Those guys are – it's a different breed, man. That, yeah. would be, that would be cool. But, hey, if you got to struggle to find a low, man, that's, that's not a bad thing. Like G said, you'll take that. Yeah, I'm with you. I'll take it. All right. I'll listen well, uh, to G's. Yeah, no. So – you know what's funny is my face looks like this would be a low, uh, but it's actually a high. Um, for those of you that are those are those of you that are listening and not seen on YouTube, all episodes uh, featured on YouTube. By the way, go yeah, check this out. Um, Garrett's got a sweet raspberry that'll soon turn into beef jerky. Oh, right no, it's, there, it's there on the beak of his schnoz. Uh, right, right at the bridge, bridge. my nose um, um, and my lips good. are pretty jacked up. Um, but uh, so I went on a ride this weekend uh, down in San Juan, and it was a trail that uh, you know I'd heard lots about, and it was actually a lot of fun. And that's why it's a that's why it's a high. But the main reason it's a high is I'll get to that, I guess. But so I, I took a little digger, um, got a little little bunny hop. Uh, little seat bounced over over a cliff um, going dead everybody you could also see this on my on my Instagram uh, I'll be posting this shortly I made a little clip from our, What's your handle? our GoPro uh, what is gmoney06 get at me uh, but uh, I'll, I'll put it out there so you guys can see that and uh, yeah I got seat bounced right over the ledge and freaking straight up face planted into the side of the freaking mountain no arms no arms just caught it straight with my face actually the the crown of my head or the for, well, I don't, this frontal area i think you know shout out to to specialized helmets too because they yeah fucking hey. saved me but um, sponsor dude i the <laughs> my head is freaking bruised my freaking nose is broken my lips are gashed open and uh my neck is just finally able to you know i I got a little mobility so it's taken a couple days to get there oh shout out to power dot i've been using my power dot freaking trying to get my neck loosened up and get them all out there uh (laughs) yeah uh 
my the reason it's my high is because of that damn video. Like if I didn't have that on video, I would have been so fucking pissed. And so we got done with the ride and we were sitting there and I like was like, all right, I'm looking at my GoPro and I started busting up laughing because the video is just like you could see it just rolling and rolling and all of a sudden it's just like whoop freaking right over and you could kind of see like my shadow so all you see is like my body in the shadow just oh it's good uh, so my that's my high um this ab workout might be my my high for next week (laughs) jesus uh on the flip side though uh my low is that same day uh i came home and uh i for those of you that don't know me or don't know that I'm a big dog guy, uh, my oldest dog, Bali, uh, I had to take her to the emergency room. She had some issues and she has pancreatitis. And uh, so it was the first time we had to like leave her overnight and freaking at the ER and go through that whole thing. Um, no money is freaking a problem when it comes to taking care of my dogs and I don't care. And she's home now and on the mend, but, uh, that shit's scary, man. Taking any, I mean, taking uh-huh. my dog to the emergency room and dude, while we were picking her up too, there was, there was this family that freaking came flying up and to the front of the ER and the guy jumped out of the backseat and they had probably a hundred pound, a big chocolate lab or something and it it had stopped breathing and freaking rushing in there and i was just thankful that that wasn't something that i've ever had to deal with but uh that's definitely my low um my low is the fact that she's sick and we got to watch out what what we do so um hey she's home so that's that's gotta like that's gotta make you feel a little bit better right (laughs) No, yeah. it totally does. It totally does. Yeah. Uh, she's, yeah. she's, you know, she's doing her thing. She's a uh, little sluggish and just freaking little, little still kind of, I don't know. Towards the end of today though, she started getting a little more active and herself. Who the but, hell isn't in this damn heat though, right? Oh no, that's her. true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. She was severely dehydrated. And uh, so that was, I don't know. It was, it was it was no good, but she's all home, and uh, so that that was my low, and I just killed the mood. So no, 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 no. That's <laughs> that's just a that's 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 life. That's part of the part yeah, of everything. Yeah. And animals are animals nowadays. Are like you know your kids and stuff. So and we want our listeners to freaking know who we are. You got three pups, <laughs> one sick. Like oh, dude, the other two send good wishes to Bali. God damn it. The other two yeah. when when I came <laughs> home without her, they were like kind of yeah like thought she was on a sleepover and she i no she lucy thought i got rid of her like lucy wouldn't come near me she i like would bend over like to pet her or anything and she would freaking like make a wide berth all the way around me like want nothing to do with me and it took a minute and then when we brought her home she was back to normal but yeah it was it was sad it's crazy yeah yeah no i'll dude i'll just kind of piggyback that feeds right into my kind of downer when pops told me that i was like whoa what that sucks so when i reached out that was that was gnarly so happy to hear that's all right um other low was again just this damn heat and working ah i don't like why do we even have to? I, I'm so over showing up to work, dude. Uh, <laughs> when it's this hot, but then I'm like, actually, my house is kind of just as hot. So I guess I can make a little extra dinero and, and call it a day. Um, but that's kind of my low. It, it's just been like 
dealing with a little bit on edge of dealing with people's shit on top of <laughs> the heat. Putting and you on, putting me on and, the edge. Yeah, man. That's yeah. So that's my low. I'd say my high though is our brother Garrett and I's brother Ryan. Shout out Ryan, like we said in the listener of this show. Um, he came down, called me randomly Sunday. Hey, what's up? What are you doing today? Um, and he cruised down, and that was a heck of a time. So that was probably my high, uh, just being able to see him. Don't always get to go home and and see all these guys. So uh, that was pretty cool to see that. And that was about it. Other than that, pretty mellow. Just another awesome week slanging slanging some wangs and uh, and having a good time down here at the beach. So that was it. (laughs) Um, But that's it. Shoot, we got the NBA playoffs out of the way. We can navigate it through the highs and lows. Um, I think it's time to send it to the interview with Andrew Beltran of Original Grain. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Connected by Seams Podcast. Today, we are joined by the co-founder of Original Grain, Andrew Beltran. Andrew, so stoked to have you on, man. How you doing? Dude, great. Thanks for having me. We were just saying, it was a quick turnaround and really happy we are able to connect through mutual friends. And I'm always just really excited for these conversations. So thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, our boy Andrew Volk, uh, you know, being able to kind of set this up. I know we both share the the mutual love uh, for Volk. He's the man. Um, but yeah, we were talking just, you know, last week trying to set this whole thing up. I know you were heading out of town. If if you mentioned, you know, just a quick turnaround, what, what were you up to? Yeah, we actually were just releasing a new watch. So we're, we're up in Big Bear, just kind of grabbing some inspiration and uh, just shooting content. It's, we're actually doing a refresh to our chronograph design. So we 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 figured not a better place to go than in nature kind of that's really where the brand started was in the Pacific Northwest. So whenever we can get out and get away and capture some of that inspiration. Uh, so it was a nice little weekend. I wouldn't say it was camping, but definitely <laughs> we were glamping, you know, at a nice little cabin, uh, me and my bro and just a photographer and we're pretty scrappy, you know, we're, we're, we've been able to scale, but we still keep it pretty rooted with, you know, my brother and I and able to just, just do what we love and, and keep it humble and fun, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. Well, that's let's, awesome. let's talk a little bit about that, uh, the roots and the nature part of it. You grew up in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, for anyone that, that maybe doesn't know, Original Grain, as mentioned, Andrew and his brother Ryan, uh, the all premier maker of all natural wood, stainless steel watches, started in 2012. Um, before all that, though, you, Oregon specifically, um, kind of growing up, nature, as you just mentioned, such a big part of your life. Talk about the experiences uh, growing up in the, the Pacific Northwest up there. Yes, you know, small town roots. I grew up in a small town just outside of uh, Eugene, Oregon, which is where the campus is. Um, and, you know, it's just, again, just back to it being inspired by nature and craftsmanship and kind of just those small things that like, even like your dad will teach you, you know, never leave something behind. You wouldn't put your name on. Just small things, you know, like very humble beginnings. You know, I never thought we would be in the watch business. Um, but you know, when, when we get into watches because we're really about craftsmanship, um, and trade and, and being able to create something that was inspiring and, uh, reclaimed and sustainability and it really taps into our heritage. So that's, that's why we were able to transition so, so effectively because we're just drawing from what we know best, you know, and able to apply to watches, of course. Um, but yeah, that's really where the, where the brand was started in the Northwest and, now we're here in San Diego, you know, sunny San Diego for the time being. Uh, very not blessed. a bad, not a bad place either, I guess. <laughs> totally, very blessed for that, you know, and uh, very, very, very happy to be here. But 
Uh, we again, like I said, we're up in Big Bear. You know, we're still finding ways to kind of get re-inspired. And Ryan, my brother, and I were always heading back up to the Northwest for inspo before we launched a new watch and uh, just kind of game plan. And we definitely make that part of our yearly routine. So that's kind of where it comes from. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you talk about Ryan, your older brother. Um, after high school, you guys, I'm not sure exactly what Ryan may have done, but you enroll in the Marine Corps, uh, which actually becomes a huge part of this whole journey for you guys. Um, but what, what did you spend your time doing while in the Marines? Yeah. So yeah, I enlisted in the military as a Marine Corps as a field radio operator. So I was a communicator uh, on the ground. Um, so I did that for four years and my brother, he actually, he's two years older than me. So about my second year in, a, in the Marines, um, I had just deployed and he actually went to China to teach English. But that was, that was kind of like the scapegoat to get to China because he had to have the paperwork, you know, like <laughs> we're going to go teach English. But really he was just like always wanted to start a brand and develop products. So he knew that that was kind of the hub and the hotspot. So he moves to China and Again, like I had said, my second year on deployed, and when I'm coming back, we had stopped in Hong Kong uh, for like two days, kind of R and R, just quick rest recovery. And I called him like, "Hey, bro, I'm in Hong Kong. I don't really know where you're. I don't, you know, I don't know where the hell he's at. He's in China somewhere. It's a big place. Yeah. Like, hey, I can get there in like a couple hours. Uh, I'll be there. I was like, okay, sure. So we're at the bar. Like, we kind of meet up like real quick, and he actually had brung a watch sample and it incorporated wood and he had you know i still i just remember this like he kind of slid we were having a beer and he slid it over to me and as soon as i opened this watch box it was just like whoa it was just like reminded of reminded me of home reminded of so many memories we had shared together as kids kind of growing up it was like wow this is kind of like something that really touches my heart it's kind of a nostalgic moment and it was like wow what, what are the stories that we could tell you know through natural materials um, and it wasn't really being done, you know, it still isn't necessarily being done that well. Um, and we, we, we kind of ran with that. So ran with the idea. We had no idea how we were going to do it at this point. Um, but we got to the drawing board, you know, and he, when he went back to the mainland, you know, I, went, I, I finished the deployment and we met up that summer. And he was like, I think I have a supplier and we could potentially do a, a couple hundred units, uh, see what happens. And so, like, very arrogantly, we make these couple hundred watches. You know, they were just exotic. At this point, it was just exotic hardwood. We hadn't really started the reclaim process. Um, but, you know, we made a couple hundred units. I was just slinging them out of the backpack. They're on Camp Pendleton, just kind of one-off watches. Um, and then we were like, how are we going to really scale this brand? How are we going to sell it online? Um, luckily, we, we kind of came on the surge of Kickstarter. Kickstarter had just launched. Um, and we were very, very lucky to get on board with them right as they did, as they had launched. And we launched our f first campaign and we had raised, we had done two campaigns. Our first campaign, we raised around 390,000 in our first 30 days. And then we followed it up with a second campaign. And that's when we started including, you know, reclaimed materials such as whiskey barrels, things of that nature. And we just took off. You know, I, I read. So is that a successful Kickstarter or? <laughs> Yeah, three hundred ninety thousand. Wasn't it only? It was originally like a ten thousand dollar goal, right? Like that's what you guys were hoping to reach, or something. That's kind of what I was reading about. Kind of part of the game, you know. The Kickstarter's got a little game you have to play. Like you yeah. want to make sure that you hit a goal so that you can retain the money. Because if you don't, so you, sometimes people are just set gotcha. the goal. Gotcha. Uh, you know, 
between us, we were like, hey, if we can get to 30,000, like that, we're going to be, you know, bumping fists and really stoked. And <laughs> I that first night, he had went to sleep because, you know, he's still in China at the time. Um, nighttime, he sets the campaign live and goes to sleep. And I just watched the campaign just take off. And we had done like 40 or no, it was 24,000 in the first 24 hours. And oh, I was calling him like, dude, wake up. Like, I don't know what to do. You know, like, what the fuck? And uh, <laughs> so we took off though, you know, first day and we, you know, reached our goal obviously. And then, um, you know, so much development after that to make sure the watches came on time and like so many lessons learned along the way just to make sure that our production came out right. And then again, we did the second campaign, followed it up. We did around 400 plus, you know, just to make sure. Um, but that took a little more strategy the second time around. And all of a sudden we started forming a business model, you know, how we're going to drive traffic and uh, develop watches. And it kind of all started right there. That's what it's for, though, you know. Oh, that's so cool. Were you always I like mean, a watch guy? Like, did you always have sick shit? Like, or, or was this just like you saw it and like something was like, whoa, that's like home. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's awesome. To be honest, I've, I had one watch when yeah. I was a kid. With my grandfather's watch i had it throughout the military but i never like into really gear or fashion i ryan was always into gear and like shoes and brands like he really respects and dives deep into that stuff you know for me it was just that natural calling of wood and like that creative story that we could tell you know yeah. through, like through real craftsmanship and ingenuity like and that's where that's where we're starting to step into in, you know the brand here almost eight years old uh, we're starting to see like the fruits of the labor and like, wow, this is what the vision kind of from the beginning, you know, it took a long time to get there though, because this industry wasn't really uh, evolved at all. So we've had to buy a lot of machinery, you know, take it out there, kind of show them how, show how to use this material. Uh, so there's been a lot of trial and error along the way, but it's been fun. Yeah. But I was, I was thinking like, how, how do you get to thinking like, you know, we're going to make watches out of wood. I hadn't really seen too many. I remember the like, how the first time I saw you guys and I was like, man, a wood watch. I wonder what the, what was the thought process behind a wood watch? You know, you got steel, you got all these metals. What, what, I mean, outside of nature and you guys being attached to that and being out there, like what's the truth behind like the wood? Why, why wood? It's just there's so many stories, you know, ingrained in the wood, you know, they, they can tell so many stories, whether it's how, how long the wood has been used, the kind of wear and tear, the weather it's been through. Um, and we just knew that the wood could tell more of a story than any type of steel, you know, the natural materials, there's just something so unique about it. And, you know, the end goal was like, wow, we're going to start at some point, you know, this is seven years ago, almost eight, we're like, we're going to reclaim materials, you know, we're going to take... Mm -hmm now with the baseball bats and what we do with you know with Wrigley Field with the stadium chairs and you know yeah oh what are you kidding me like that's like yeah that I knew that when I saw that on social I, that whole thing was so rad how did yeah. you get your paws I, on that <laughs> that was a crazy story you love this actually we had we had signed a deal with the Cubs not really knowing how we were going to get the wood because they didn't have any but we knew some real random <laughs> contractors in Chicago that had been hoarding wood and they would not sell it to us dude for the longest time we're like we have this contract we have to get this wood so it took a few flights out to chicago this one contractor had this big long bench because it doesn't take a ton of wood you know i don't know if you can see you know this watch specifically i have one of them it's really this one like is like this one yeah see on the back <laughs> yeah so it take a ton of wood so we we were able to secure just two long benches from this contractor 
But it was this burly dude, and I didn't think we were going to get it from him. We'd already signed this big contract with Chicago. We were going to be the official timekeeper of Ricky Field. Um, so, yeah, you just honestly, all the wood sourcing, it's really interesting. We're, we just released a pilot collection. Uh, we're actually reclaiming old planes, you know, so we oh, were up. That's cool. Yeah, that's sick. Yeah, we were up in Pasadena, you know, just meeting with normal people. You know, obviously, we, we have to find a nice paper trail. We want to make sure it's authentic material. But, you know, we're just be able to, you know, make good relationships like we're doing today and uh people love our product you know they know that we're not just gonna turn something that's like you know waste you know these are the watches are meant to live on and live and tell stories and be passed on generations you know so that's they know what we're trying to do and they kind of all of a sudden they kind of hear what we're about and they want to get involved and be, be involved with the process so well if you guys need some broken wood bats i'm sure i got sawed off a couple times <laughs> i got a couple of them in the garage you can come on over you can have them for free <laughs> oh shit that is funny well that was one of the cool quotes uh, that i saw was like create timepieces that both keep time and tell time you know no two watches are the same because of that reason because each piece of wood is different uh, yeah. I thought that was so cool, and and when I was gonna maybe save this for later, but we're here. Uh, also, should throw out for every watch sold, um, you guys and its partner. I think it's Trees for the Future, if I have it right here. Uh, right. You commit to planting a tree in Senegal, and in 2019, you guys just celebrated planting your 500,000th tree. Um, that is oh, unbelievable, awesome. man. That is so freaking rad. When I was that reading. is rad. Yeah. Uh, so uh, congratulations to you on that for sure. Brother, yeah, it's definitely a goal since the beginning, always going to give back. Um, we do a military give back. We've worked with a lot of homeless outreaches here in San Diego as well, but the tree planting initiative always been part of the brand. Every watch soul is planting trees. Um, you know, we, we started with Senegal. Actually, in, up, up till last year, we had planted our 500,000th tree, and we had just actually moved our tree planting here to ca in California. Uh, with our new new uh, kind of tree planting partner, it's One Tree Planted. So we're, we're planting trees now here in California, helping with kind of the wildfires that have taken place over the last few years. You know, so oh, right. we we bring it home. You know, and uh, we planted in Oregon for the first half of the year. Now we're planting California. So we're just kind of like starting to tend to certain fires that have caused some devastation here. So always want to give back, whether it's the military. And what we're starting to do is cool. Is like with our military collection, it's reclaimed from old ammunition crate wood. Uh, you know, we'll give back to a charity called Active Valor, and they're here in San Diego. It's a Navy yep. SEAL, Perry Gay, um, and they give back to Gold Star Children. So we're able to kudo, like, the watch to the charity, you know, and that's where we're starting to take the brand as well and find good, good stories and relationships that way as well. Well, if that's the product awesome. doesn't speak for itself, like, that, that right there is just something else that gravitates you, you know what I mean, towards your guys's Everything about it is just so positive, you know what I mean? Whether you're on your, your website, whether it's an interview with you and your brother, like, it's just, it's so freaking cool, man. Um, right. But kind of going back, kind of how everything got started, that time frame um, from seeing your brother in Hong Kong, returning from deployment. Uh, when you developed and, and or excuse me from then to like when you developed and released like your first watch as a company I think you might have said two years, but kind of what was that time frame like? Yeah, it took us about to release the watches after our first campaign. It was about eight months You know, we were hoping to get it done in six. We had some we had a few hang-ups, you know quality control situation So we just pushed it back. We wanted to make sure the product was good so within eight months, you know, we we're able to develop a brand new silhouette and you know, give it to our customers. Um, that's pretty standard, you know, even now, like when we're de designing new watches, it takes about eight months to get 
um, a watch perfected, you know, because there is a lot of steel moldings and wood cutting and movements and whatnot. So that we actually were pretty on point at the beginning. We thought it was taking way too long. We're like all pissed, you know, all, all, I think we're getting robbed, all these things, you know. So uh, yeah, about eight month turnaround, and then we we're able to fire up that second campaign um, and get the get the get the second one done. And then from there, we just continue to develop new watches every year. Uh, and it took us. I think it was our third year in business that we, that's when we started doing the sports licensing. And that's when we're starting to tell those stories with the Cubs and the Yankees. And all of a sudden we're on this national kind of platform. We didn't really, or, Oh, like, what are we doing? You know, like, how are we doing all this sports licensing? You know, it's something I, we definitely learned along the way. Like that's definitely cool to talk about, you know, it's like great to be like, Oh, Cubs and Yankees. Like, but I do like anybody, if there's business folks like kind of thinking or listening in on this, it's like, you know, that's like shining object syndrome. You know, you're chasing these like big names, but it is fairly expensive to get involved. There's like, yeah. and, it, and all of a sudden I'm having my team, you know, we're having to design all these watches. Um, it, and it's like the payout isn't as much, you know, but we are using that to hook a lot of new fans and new audience. Like they're like, oh, this, I love the, the Nationals. <laughs> I love the Cubs. And then they'll see our whiskey barrel or they'll see our rose exotic rose and they'll buy that. So, um, you know, that's just something that we had to learn along the way. It's like how much time and effort are we putting into the sports licensing of, opposed to building our own original grain brand that like stands for product and innovation and things like that. So we had to learn some of those things, like just kind of dial it in and, and tighten the reins a little bit because everyone gets excited. You know, for it's sure. like, I know that feeling. Oh, yeah. my, my previous job, you, you pay for the recognition, but not the, or, you know, like the recognition, not so much the return on the, you know, product and everything right away. It's just getting that brand out there. It's tough, but you got to do it sometimes. So. I think we paid our dues in the right way. You know, we definitely got our name out there amongst certain fans and we did the NBA thing and we were bouncing around all over. Now, now we're kind of, we kind of honed it in to do seasonal launches um once the mlb starts and then whoever's crowned champion we always make it in uh, a watch for the champion you know we did it for the sweet, nationals last sweet. year and then the red sox year before things like that the, the cubs obviously as well so um but then we just do that seasonal you know before we were kind of trying to have that all year around and now we're we're on a better production schedule so we're timing things a little bit better and getting it out at the right time you know yeah well shoot how do we, how were you guys able to kind of first market those watches i mean you guys both younger you know what i mean younger dudes i i don't know financials stay of a bill you know what i mean like how do you guys go through that uh kind of process <laughs> nothing set in stone you know what i mean like how did how did that kind of you said backpack but yeah, like, yeah, like were you, you straight like slang in that like yeah like definitely was I, I mean that was before kind of that first kickstarter campaign we didn't know how to advertise we didn't know how to market anything online yeah but, but that second, what's funny is that second Kickstarter campaign really formed our business model because being competitive dudes, we couldn't let that second campaign do worse than the first campaign. It's just in our nature. I'm sure all you guys are the same. It's like we got to beat it or it's a failure, even though it wasn't. Right. And we, we had only done, I remember we had, we had launched and we only raised like one, 150,000 or something. And, you know, we were just like this, we can't end here, you know, so we really got on board with learning how to drive traffic. And that was just through essentially social media, you know, whether it be Facebook or Instagram, you know, we had some Twitter feeds going as well, but just kind of paid placement and sponsored, sponsored advertising. Um, all of a sudden we were getting fairly good click through and, you know, conversion, 
you know, and that's, that's the name of the game. That's the game we play in online. I think every, every online company does. Um, so we were really able to build our business model based off just like online traffic and marketing and advertising and creating, creating stuff, you know, that's unique in the feed. You know, we, we've always done content in house, you know, it's just something we always have owned. We've had some of the best photographers, I think in San Diego, uh, originally with Jose Coley, he was a great art director, creative director. Um, and now we have a guy named TJ Kolsnick and they're just great dudes. They've worked on our team for years and, they're just, you know, when you're on the feed, they just create these thumb stopping ads, you know, and it's like, fuck. If you click, we're going to follow you across the internet. You know, we're going to be all over your feed. We're going to be in your email, uh, things like that. So we just had to learn, you know, learn the landscape of online advertising. And I didn't go to school, you know, I was fresh out of the Marine Corps. All I knew was, was how to shoot and dialing coordinates, you know. So we're just like, <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's figure this out. But we've had some really great mentors, especially here in San Diego. People that have helped us, even from, you know, the Nixon brand. That's what's cool about SD, you know. And I had to learn that. I didn't grow up in action sports culture. It was more just like, you know, I grew up in a farm town shit. So it was like really nice to get people that believe in the product and believe in us and just to come in and console and just kind of share ideas and like, okay. And, and you know, we were open book, you know, at that point, you know, now I'm a little different. I had no ego, you know, it's like, cause I had so much to learn, you know? And then as you get a little older and then you, you kind of like turn a blind eye, which I should be better at, but like, you know, I was, I was an open book at that time. You know, I was like learning all this new stuff and people were very, uh, gracious to us you know they knew what we were trying to do was authentic you know well you had to you had to go through some some real ups and downs having come fresh out of the marine corps not being in advertising not being in the watch industry i mean never been a part of that industry and so how do you go from being 18 years old four years of the marine corps bam here you go figure it out <laughs> no i mean it, it's i did you know I definitely think about this a lot, even to this day. I'm so blessed that I was able to transition into something that kept my mental state just to where I could just focus on one thing. I think a lot of my brothers that got out, they're just like, what next? You know, I was very fortunate just that I, cause Marines, a lot of military is crazy work ethic. So I was able to just dive in, you know, let alone, I was in a pretty bad accident as well. Like to where I could barely walk, my left shoulder was done. For, you know, I couldn't really move. So there was about a year and a half where I was just, Ryan and Ryan eventually moved back from China after I got my accident. Uh, and he was just right there with me, you know, and we were just like, let's just grind. Let's focus on his business. Uh, but yeah, like a lot of crazy uh, work-life balance, things that I've, I'm still perfecting, you know, things that's like, you know, it doesn't seem right. Things like you don't feel like you fit in, you know, like cultural culture shock, you know, like, you know, things like that. But, you know, I just have always been, you know, open, open hearted and have had really great people around me. I, that's when I met Andrew Volk, the guy who set up this, you know, he, he kind of understood the industry, you know, he was doing warehousing for us, but he was like, you should check this out. You know, just like everyone's just San Diego is a loving place, you know, so. And it's a melting know, pot too. You, you know, you get like you brought up the culture, you get a little bit of everything here, um, which is so cool. Very true. Very true. So. Well, I mean, shoot the watchmaking process alone i i feel like is rather difficult let alone you guys doing what you're trying to do and all natural um like you said and being fresh you don't want to be taken advantage of and and luckily thankfully you guys have you know found and crossed paths with the right people but 
how difficult is it to find those suppliers willing to work with you guys and make this authentic and you know practice what you preach and it really is all natural it really is different pieces of wood like how is uh, that process how difficult is that trying to find suppliers to do that with you for sure we went through so many different suppliers especially at the beginning you know people that were trying to hose us things like that like yeah knockoff materials things that weren't authentic so we had to we had to nix that a, a few different suppliers along the way um you know luckily ryan has such good background he was in china for four years um we ended up getting two pretty high level you know i'd say executive assistant slash you know people that are pretty well versed in manufacturing that are chinese so i've always had you know someone on the ground there in china um, and then, you know, before COVID, we were out there six times a year, if not more, you know, so we were always at every quarter and then we would come in between and we'd be out there for a few weeks at a time. You know, anybody who wants to develop a product at scale, it's just so important to have, you know, I, those real conversations with the supplier, real expectations, the timelines and development, especially with the wood, you know, it's always been a challenge. Like yeah. we're trying to like our new pilot collection, if anybody checks that out, you'll see these small details of wood. It's, it's like, it's a touch of wood. It's not these big wood bulky watches. Like the one you have is like 1.0, you know what I mean? That, that barrel of the watch you were wearing. Dude, so long, this is from bulk. Like this legit yeah. is from when you guys were just kind of starting. And like, he was like, dude, this is freaking sick. Check them out, blah, blah, blah. Like. I have this one and one other one and I've had them like that just shows the durability. That was shit. I wish he could tell me how many years, but I mean, I don't know, 12, 13, probably around when you guys started. Right. Yep. So, you know, just working with suppliers, you know, it's just so important, you know, just being there 20, you know, not 24 seven, but we have people on the ground at all times, you know, every time we place an order through, through the end, have a big QC team as well. You know, it's just, uh, constantly staying on our suppliers because we've had a few runs where, you know, especially in the watch industry, things like this, like they'll, it'll ruin you. You know, you have a faulty watch where the, you know, the stem is coming out, which we've had, you know, things like that. It's just like, that's no bueno. It's not going to fly, you know, and reviews and things like it, just as, you know, social media and advertising has supported our growth. It can, you know, the awareness is there. Pressure too. Those In reviews, a blink of an eye too. Yeah, those reviews are just as evident. So <sighs> we just had to stay on it, you know, and make sure that we're not cutting corners. You know, we've had those conversations. Like, oh, we, you know, there's those small things. You can save money here, but it's not worth it, you know, and the margins and this and that. Like, let's just develop a really rad product and create customers that want to come back for the newest, the latest and greatest. And that's what, that's the type of customer we're trying to acquire, you know. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Well, you uh, you mentioned if, if any business people are listening or young entrepreneurs like you and your brother, um, you went through the learning curves, the early struggles. You've kind of mentioned some stuff you've had to learn along the way, but talk about the struggles, man. Like you guys obviously are, are killing it now, but um, it wasn't easy. There had to have been early struggles um, dealing with the different manufacturers, learning this shit on your own. You know what I mean? Um, knowing what you know now, how can you maybe share uh, some of that information and help someone maybe prevent some of those issues or something moving forward? Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's so much to unpack, you know, and I'm, I still, you know, even though we've grown, we're still fight these new battles, you know, and when you're in entrepreneurship and business, it's like, it's not always the same, but they're always there, you know, so I, I've, I, I, I'm trying to perfect this answer a little bit because I've heard this a few times. <laughs> I really think it's like, like just kind of that never quit mentality, you know, it's never over until you quit, 
you know, I, I'm actually working on a new company right now and I'm forced to remind myself of like, this is going, this, this will go as far as I'm willing to like stretch for it, you know, and it's never over until you quit. So I just, I always remind myself of that. Like, and there's always going to be new battles and things that make you uncomfortable, you know, lean into it. Cause that, that thing that's making you uncomfortable will probably make your business more profitable, you know, and like accounting and fucking, you know, operations and inventory management, things that are like on spreadsheets and my eyes are bleeding, you know, and it's like, but you know, sure enough, I swear the universe, the universe works with you and like things that like are totally like make you nauseous within three months. Like that's, what's going to save your company, not save it potentially like really be a stronghold. It's an upright though. Yeah. man. so I've always had to like, I've learned that though, like lean into things that make you uncomfortable because it, pro- it probably means you need some brushing up on a lot of that stuff, you know, and, and you never, like I said, you never have a fight until you quit, you know, and so even when it's going bad, so I stay in. A yeah, fight. I mean, it's like, it's what, I mean, the way you're saying it, it sounds like you've had to learn to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. True. You've had to learn to, you've had to learn to embrace being uncomfortable in order for your growth. Cause if you get comfortable, there's no growth in being comfortable. And that's kind of a lot of things. I mean, yeah. I'm sure we can all relate to that. The second you get comfortable, where's your growth go? You're dead. Yeah. yeah. True. It, everything sounds so cliche, you know, like how you're saying, yeah. trying to perfect an answer this and that, but honestly, like you talk to many successful people and they give it to you as simple as it is. Like, do your fucking job. You know what I mean? Work hard. The reason like, why it's a cliche yeah, like, it's not it's true. Like, yeah. <laughs> so it, it's, it's kind of funny to hear that. And it's the same thing of being comfortable in the uncomfortable. And you guys have definitely found a way to uh, weave your way through that process. And it's, it's been pretty cool and exciting uh, to see it. So it's awesome. What's Thanks. your, uh, what's your new venture you, you mentioned? <laughs> of course. No, yeah, this kind of leans into kind of that work-life balance, you know, and it's really interesting going back to kind of the accident that I I was involved in. I was in a ton of pain. I was in, and just, let's just open up, you know, I was, you know, I went to a lot of American doctors, you know, and I was getting told very similar techniques for recovery. And it was prescription drugs and like trying to rehab and doing this shit that was just not going to work for me long term, you know, and I had struggled with that for five years, you know, from the time I launched Original Grain till about 2018. And I was just, you know, same old repetition of the same doctors and the same old thing. Like, and I was, I had enough, you know, and I was like, well, what can I do? And it was just about maintaining, you know, it started with just finding better balance in my life. Not like like working and grinding and like just all day every day and like really finding balance in my, in my mental state but also it became about my more about my diet and when i had switched my diet from just again like traditional american diet and went and i went to plant-based and i'm not like this big vegan like i grew up in a farm town like a dairy farm like no but it's you just, are from the Pacific Northwest, you said, though, so I don't know. Anyway, so I, <laughs> I got into it, you know, I got into plant-based diet, you know, and that's what really changed, honestly, I would say it, you know, really changed my life from just like the pain that I was in and mental, mental frame, you know, I was having a lot of suffering from lots of PTSD, depression, a lot of night terror, um, a lot of like crazy amounts of pain in my body, my shoulder, my neck, and all these accidents I've been in. 
And when I switched my diet, you know, everything had slowly started to go away. And then when I started switching my mental frame to like more meditation and life, life balance, you know, so I started a brand actually in March, as soon as COVID hit, of course, like, here we go again. <laughs> uh, it's called Enzo Superfoods. So it's just, it's essentially a superfoods company. And it's just to help people find more balance in their life. Um, as well as get the daily kind of nutritional benefits uh, that we're just missing in our diet, you know, and, you know, a lot of additional um, information, you know, whether it be ways to meditate, you know, things to do, hobbies, you know, just balance, life and balance is kind of our slogan. That's awesome. Yeah. Good for yeah. you, man, especially like you're starting how you said it got started and you just figuring that out. It's ma It's amazing how food and what you put into your body we've had a couple guests on where we've talked about that before how that affects your your life in such a bigger way than people imagine so that that's awesome sure thank you man yeah so it's it's been a, a new journey it's allowed me to get scrappy again too like we don't have a big budget we don't have a big staff you know everything we do has to make return you know so it's like i'm kind of diving back into like how to really like start a brand again and it's been very it's been challenging but like a lot of those things that i'm researching i'm bringing back into original grain so i'm just getting scrappy again i've been liking myself like refreshing <laughs> insane. it's your mind going a little bit again that's cool <laughs> it does not to sleep at the wheel anymore you know it's like i got a staff here you know i got a big staff doing all the stuff and social media and we're just kind of game planning and plotting and now like getting back into the into the weeds and then I'll be able to pass that information to my social media manager, marketing director, things like that. So was the first half of the interview there with Andrew Beltron of Original Grain, him and his brother. Uh, shout out uh, to him as well, who are the co-founders here of Original Grain. But um, pretty awesome stuff to see them kind of come from nothing. Andrew having the military background, <coughs> not sure what was going to happen next took that next step, saw something, was like, holy cow, it attracted them, ran with it, and shoot, here they are, um, one of the largest watch companies uh, nationwide here. So pretty cool to see that, and his personality was awesome to gravitate towards as well. Yeah, good, good dude. I mean, I, I enjoyed talking to him and listening to his story of kind of where, I guess, the inspiration came from and where the connection came from. Um, as he talks about it through, through being outdoors and through life. And, you know, it, it's really cool as you get into the interview and you, you listen to him about where the material comes from and telling the story of everything. Like I, I really enjoy me myself purchasing something or going somewhere and being able to hear or listen to a, you know, a story that is with something, you know, when you it's purchase authentic. something, there's right, right. There's authenticity to it. And um, I feel like he's trying to, he and his brother are really trying to do that. They're trying to bring something very real to you, you know, with that, that has a story to it. So, you, you know, time pieces are that thing. You bring them, you wear them to a, to a bar and someone goes, Oh, what's that about? And you, you have, you know, a conversation oh, piece. Sure. Yep. Yeah. That's what he's created. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, to your, both your guys' points there, um, he, he's got a very pure personality and, and type of uh, go get personality, you know, and how about that? The fact that his brother shows up to meet him in freaking overseas and like, Hey, got these watches. Just this slid it over to him. Like, yeah, yo, check like, this yeah, out. Like, this what do you it. think? Yeah. That's, that's what I'm a, saying. That's a bizarre, like, cool, fun story on a beginning to a multi 
you know and, i mean and they I both sound like they dollar company i didn't ask that but um, oh it, it, yeah it's got they're pretty <laughs> large by, based on the numbers uh yes but yeah, yeah no just it's it's a cool uh a cool start to a freaking sick ass product like and they both were able to kind products. of find their their niche you know what i mean like okay we'll put ryan sorry we we i wanted to give him a shout out and didn't even say his freaking name uh ryan is the brother of andrew um but even to just like andrew understanding like hey you're kind of the fashion guy like you handle this like i kind of have my you know what i mean like they were both kind of able to, to understand knows, that like right yeah, away and works. i think that's gotta be game changer. It's like uh, Thomas and his sister when we had Fresh yeah. and Lean on here. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, if you can establish that early, it's on you to kind of figure it out from there in that area. And shoot, Andrew is is thriving, and you wouldn't really even know it. Just his personality was so mellow. He was so cool to talk to, um, and you can tell why they're successful business wise. Well, yeah. yeah what no. I what what I liked about Andrew is when he talked was like, it, it seemed like. Um, like this real genuine inner peace or something that he had found or created. It was like very namaste. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't yeah. Know, but yeah, not in like a weird way, but not in not like, a, not, not, not in like a hippie way. Nothing. No. Like that. He just, he found something real. that gave himself his life that he could look at everything a different way. And he uses that to then go out and find materials that he tells a story. So everybody is a piece of what he does. Yep. Yeah. So rad. No, so rad. I, I think it's cool. I mean, with the freaking Wrigley seats yeah. and the, the planes that he's talking about, like talk about just, you know, making a connection with folks. Like, yeah, that, that's a, that's, that's cool. Yeah. 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 He gets into so much more and, and so much more of how they give back just in general as a, as a company, which we'll get into a lot more, but uh, we'll send it to the back half of the interview with Kovac's, uh founder of original grain, Andrew Beltron. All right, so piggybacking off of, you know, you're talking about beginning new ventures. Uh, what about back to Original Grain? What's current day like uh, for you guys? Uh, what's upcoming? What's what's the kind of the, the hot stuff right now for you guys at Original Grain? Of course, yeah, gearing up for a really big, uh, you know, Q4 holiday season. Uh, a lot of new watch releases. We just released a few, few new watches this last week. We released a pilot collection re reclaimed from the old, you know, 1920 planes. Um, we have actually kind of a new ref we're refreshing our old chronograph. We have a new sport minimalist, which is like very, like, I think this sport minimalist is going to come out in September. I think it's going to win like real design awards. We brought in a designer. Um, he worked at Movado for about uh, say seven or eight years and we brought him in full time last year. So we're just starting to see the fruits of his labor. Again, it takes about eight months for a watch to kind of develop and get to market so he's bringing some really just steeds to our watches. He really understands like not only the wood story, but just how to create those fine details of wood and not really be this wood watch company. Like we want to be the fine detail, like details of wood kind of luxury. We think luxury cars when we talk about design, you know, it's just like there in the dashboard. It's there. It's not like it's not taking over the whole watch. You know, it's just like that fine detail and elements of wood. So it we complements it very well. Exactly. So that, that the pilot collection is one of his first designs. So that's kind of like kind of gives you um, a halo of what he's going to come with. Uh, we have a new women's collection coming out. Um, so just kind of gearing up for holiday there. We have a few collaborations we're in the works with right now. 
Uh, I can't say that. I can't say them until they release. But... <laughs> yeah, this is known. This has been known for some groundbreaking shit to come out here on this podcast. So it would not be the first time that we're just breaking the news over here. You know what's funny is that sounds like you're joking, but nope, it's actually. <laughs> but we I, have we had fresh, fresh yeah. and lean on here. It was a uh, organic food deli- delivery service, and they partnered with the Ducks, and oh. they're like the Anaheim Ducks official. Uh, meal sponsor and the guy just dropped it on here uh before they even like a week it. before yeah <laughs> um and a couple other things but yeah uh that's awesome well shoot that's a perfect transition i wanted to kind of ask that you guys have done so much with the you know limited edition collection for the yankees the cubs the you know uh, official timekeeper all that stuff has there been a favorite collab minus the ones maybe you just did uh, uh if they're if they're in that um but has there been a, a favorite collab that you've done I think so, actually. When I, I immediately go to the collaboration we did with Jim Beam. Oh, yeah. The reason is not just because of the whiskey. Well, it kind of does. Jim Beam, that family, like we went to Kentucky and they just embraced us. You know, some of these collabs are just like paperwork, like fine, like, go on, like do, go sell the watches. Like they really brung us in as part of the family. You know, I still talk to some of those guys from. You know, they're just lineage of Jim Beam. You know, they're like royalty out in Kentucky, you know. Wow. So and they just brought us in like we were part of their family, you know. So that was just such a fun experience. Those collections, we've done two Jim Beam collections. Um, year, it was 2016 and 2017. And those always sold really well. Um, like gentlemen's kits. Like that's what really started inspiring a lot of our packaging too. Is like, wow, there's so much real estate with packaging, not just within the watch. Like, we started sending watches out that had like, um, you know, whiskey glasses or a flask and a, fu- you know, a funnel and like really starting to tell unique stories along with the packaging. And that's like, it kind of was like that next step and evolution for the brand. So that Jim Beam collab has always been good and we have bottles for life. So we, we're good. <laughs> yes, that's that, awesome. Yeah, that, that's just a little perk in there. <laughs> Some people like snub at the Jim Beam, like, oh, that's not good whiskey, but I, I personally think it's all right. I don't yeah. think I've had a, a, any bad free whiskey, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Can't go wrong there. <laughs> that's I awesome. got a, go I got a question about like the wood stuff. So, like, when you guys are looking at something, like, like you say with Jim Beam, like using barrels or whatever, like, are you looking when you go into those collabs or you go like to the benches, are you looking for a specific like style, look, grain, density? Like what is like, what's some of the stuff that goes into that process of choosing the piece of wood you're going to use? Definitely. It's actually become more and more like complicated because at scale, like it's the consistency factor, you know, it's like, whoa, we can't just make 5,000 of this limited wood because it's going to come out very unique and different. So like consistency is one of the biggest things that we're, we're like, especially when we're working with partners, like we just need to be consistent. So like we'll go, we have to go out there and we have to hand select it. You know, density is definitely kind of like something we have to think about, you know, because, but with some of the new designs, like we're able to, um, I don't know the right word, like kind of code it. And I don't know if you can see kind of this, but we, we applied like an epoxy finish oh, you know, yeah, yeah. to this wood here. So it, it really just like seals the, so we're finding these new techniques that like, even if it is kind of like not as dense, like we're still able to make it work. The biggest thing is uh, consistency. And that's like been something that we've like had some trial and error runs 
where they'll they what started as red and beautiful like start to turn <laughs> orange and like ugly real quick it happens and we're yeah. like oh, so we've had to learn I that. that have you had something like that like you've had like dude this is gonna be the sickest thing and then it just completely butched itself like what the fuck just happened uh, <laughs> you had to like go back to the drawing board we've had a few collections it's funny that it came back like we had this one watch it was rosewood and the rosewood oh, just yeah. oh, was so ugly it's like kind of like a gold and we're like okay that's not red it's like you know like bronze so like we sat on these units for like a year and a half and we're like we're never going to release these like we need to and then you know this movie we developed is yeah it was fully developed in the fact in, in our warehouse so we're like oh no what are we going to do and then the movie iron man came out and we were like we could call this the iron man and sell it <laughs> oh. no way hard that's oh. fucking sweet this we you know this is the limited edition never to be done again iron man you know life gives you lemons Dude, we just make that fucking lemonade we're just stressing for sure we're like what are we going to do with these watches you know and then um sure enough you know we found that we found the right marketing and told the right story and that's what sells you know so, oh that must have yeah, been so cool stressful. just to sit on that much inventory of something that you think is trash <laughs> and then have that come up oh that's huge yeah, it was. We just had to, you know, kind of pivot our frame and we're like, okay, that that, that actually kind of works here. Okay, we like it now and sold Perfect. it right away. So that's sweet. that must have been rewarding as hell though too. Like when you figure it out, like Iron Man, we can get rid of all this shit. <laughs> we messed it all up and now it's gone. Who thought of the idea? You, you or your brother, or somebody in the company because they deserve a raise. <laughs> We were really small at the time, so we were hurting. Like, it was my bro and I, and we were, I remember we were in Oceanside. We were living in, like, a little small apartment, and we were, like, really, like, what are we? We were, we were talking with, like, a few television shows that were pretty much just going to get them at cost and, like, trying to figure out how we were going we to get on Ellen or something, you know, like, something <laughs> random. And uh, the Iron Man came out, and we, I don't remember who <laughs> thought of it, but we were both like, that's it. Like, let's let's get a graphic up let's we had like a freelance designer like let's get a little iron man even though like for real it's probably not illegal not i was like, just gonna say do you guys <laughs> reach out by any means we hadn't or? licensing at that point so that was uh <laughs> thing. we were small enough you yeah, we were right in the charcoal area <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well you uh you brought up slang and watches uh in camp pendleton here in san diego county also oceanside things like that um was bringing the business to San Diego because, I mean, you're spending time here, but was that like for a business stance or was it straight because you loved it here and, and wanted, if you were going to start it, you wanted to do it here? It was definitely both, but it was like, wow, the things that, once I got out of the Marine Corps, I was like in Oceanside and Encinitas and I'm starting to see all this like core and action sports and like Invista and all these dudes that are just like really righteous and like have grown, grown a lot of brands that like are really well respected. And it was like, well, if we, if we hang around here for a little while, we'd probably learn a lot. So like, okay, at that point I stayed, I got out and I stayed in Oceanside. And then my brother moved back from China about six months later. And then we, we roomed up for about a year and a half in Oceanside. And then we were in Cardiff for a little while and just kind of getting the lay of the land. And we were able to learn from so many brands up in San Clemente. There's so many action sports, electric, and a lot of those big brands, Stance is up there. So we were just kind of lean on the culture here you know there's so many surfing dudes and people that you can like influencers and whatnot you can just like oh, they're meet, everywhere eat on the spot or go you know, head up the oc like you know and just 
just meet them and, and make it work, you know. So it's been a good business decision for sure to stay here opposed to going back to kind of sleepy Oregon. Um, you know, maybe, maybe Portland, Portland could be a vibe, but, you know, San Diego has been very good to us. Like I was saying, all the mentorship that we've received and it's, yeah. It's been yeah, good. it's close enough but far enough too to that like LA area to where you don't have to deal with all the LA kind of shit but you also can make a day and cruise down there and handle business and you know what i mean like that is a good point as far as it being a, a hot spot um yeah. but as far as your product you guys carried internationally or just here in the states or where can people find your product and all that yeah i mean as far as international we sell online you know primarily that's like the bulk of our business you know we're selling pretty much directly off originalgrain.com just direct to consumer shipping and uh, we have a few retailers out in uh, kind of in the south. It's in a retailer called Belk. And then we're also in Dillard's. Um, and then we've been able to secure some good online partnerships with Macy's and Nordstrom's Rack, things like that. So just starting to hit the retail front, um, finally starting to develop that. Uh, but really just like focusing on our own, you know, in-house development. And nah, the that's the way to go. Yeah, the retailers always win. You know, they're always going to yep. get it. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it is good brand aware. When we launched in Dillard's, we launched in 20 Dillard stores, like six of them in Texas. And then over like within a month, you know, Texas was our best state. Wow. And I know there was some brand awareness there. And so, you know, we've been targeting Texas like crazy now because it, it's just, it kind of goes hand in hand, but it is definitely somewhat pay to play a little bit with that too. So, yeah. And I'm sure word of mouth helps, man. Like you said, there's so many people here with common interests and when you see a watch i'm sure if you like it a lot of other people in this area will like it um and that's what we've realized too with this whole podcast thing is you can try all you want i mean you guys social media it's not even close uh to what we're doing but again everything is word of mouth is just trying to get yourself out there meet people talk to people network like network yeah like it's so much easier to tell someone like oh yeah we have a podcast listen to our podcast if we're in person rather than put it on our fucking story and hope that someone saw it and then has to go to spotify to watch you know what i mean whereas like yeah. that in person that internet like interaction face to face just being able to like yo check this watch out like exactly. head to original grain and the next thing you know your website's taken off and everything well, it helps when your product is yeah. freaking money, too. Hey, what did like, you say? We're, 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 just, right. hey, we're so no, no. I'm talking about his deal. Yeah, when your product speaks for itself, it's, for sure. I mean, it's easy. It's e it, that's, a, that's an easy sell. You, just, you, know, one person you don't even it, have to like, say oh, anything. Just show no, up. You know? Exactly. Like, yeah. like I said, when I met you, Andrew, on the phone, my... Um, we don't need to say any names. Uh, uh, ex lady of mine, uh, ex girlfriend, her brother saw me wearing the watch one time and was like, dude, those are sick. Like, where'd you get it? Blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, he used them. And then we went through Volk and Volk helped us out and went through you guys and all that. And, and he hooked up his whole groomsman with the watches. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. The groomsman gift. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty cool. Um, do you guys, uh, Andrew, do you guys do customization or personalization or anything like that to your products? Yeah, a lot of engravings. We do a ton of engravings, Sweet. you know, especially with the groomsmen's or just with just, you know, actually it's funny, like 70% of our customers over the last few years have been women. And so they're definitely purchasing for their loved one and whatnot. So we, oh, okay. we, we started offering engravings and that's been a crazy attach rate, you know, like 25% attach rate to all the orders, you know, so that's just... You know, for us, you know, it obviously makes for an amazing experience as a watch that they're going to keep and, and cherish, but there's also good, you know, 
additional revenue with that for us. So we've been doing a lot of Oh, that. yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Oh, yeah. That's awesome stuff. Sweet. Well, man, we don't want to keep you much longer, but anyone else have any, uh, anything else before we let Andrew go? Enjoy. No, I appreciate you me. coming on. Yeah, no, it was a great time. Um, it's, it's cool to, to, to hear from you and, and, and to, to be able to hear about your journey and see your watches and stuff. So, you know, it's just, it's a cool story and how you connect everything and how you connect nature with their watches. And you, you guys are trying to tell a story through watches, which I've never heard. I've, I mean, I've got a couple watches, but like, I've never heard the idea of using the product that you make it with to tell a story, which is a, which is a really cool idea. Thank you, brother. No, I appreciate you guys. A lot of fun to tell the story and kind of remember where it all started. And so this is great for me too. So I do appreciate you guys having me on. Oh, man. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, boys. Yeah, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Is it Beltran yeah. or Beltran? Uh, Car- you know, Carlos Beltran is my cousin. Beltran. Oh, yeah. <laughs> bam. Uh, Look it. Is it. Is it really? Uh, you know, no. But <laughs> I was going to say, you had Danny. You had Danny. I, had, I, know, I, was, like, I was like, I know him. As far as it always, he always my cousin. Okay. <laughs> oh, best cousin. You guys are boys. You just don't take pictures together. That's it. Yeah, like, I'll be back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, Andrew Beltron, co-founder of Original Grain. You're the man. Thanks for joining us, dude. You're awesome. Talk to you guys soon. All right. Appreciate it, man. Sir, take care. Have a good one. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, guys. See ya. So we hear the wrap-up of the interview there with co-founder of Original Grain, Andrew Beltron. And Gosh, just remarkable stuff, especially like I kind of led into the back half of the interview with is the contributions that they have done giving back. They are always trying to find new ways to, if they're succeeding, they want so many other people to succeed that maybe haven't had the same chances they had or haven't had whatever it might be. They've always found a way to, to help out and give back. And that really stood out to me. I know you guys had some things too, but just overall awesome, awesome talk with Andrew and shout out to my friend, Andrew Volk for allowing me to meet him and talk uh, as a group here. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know I said it in the first half, but I love when he explains like talking about the watches and where the woods come and you know what it's about. And it's like, I don't Every know. Every watch is different every watch is different. The grain's not going to be exactly the same. And it's like, he's really making, he's making one-off watches in all reality. I mean, every piece is different and I really like that. And I just, pieces of art. Yeah, they are. And I, and I just enjoy his whole story of being in the military and everything. And it's like, and then, you know, like the one watch he makes out of the airplane, I'm just like, dude, like the, everything he does, and it just seems American too. Like, you know what I mean? Like baseball, military planes. Yeah. I'm like, man, I want to be with that guy. Like I want to go hang out with that guy. Like, I don't know. I really enjoyed just his stories about where everything came from and just seemed like such a good, genuine quality person. And I'm, I'm so happy to hear that he's had the success with his brother. Yeah, and, and to that success, he talks about what got him and his brother and his company there and all those long hours that he's talking about and all that underlying work that goes so unnoticed. A lot of people think that just because you're successful at all freaking, it's, it's handy. You, it, you put the hard work to get there, of course. Everybody, I feel like, pretty much understands that. But the game's not over, you know. You, you're yeah. working twice as hard, and you picked up another, especially starting another business, yeah. Right. And and that's what I was gonna say. And the fact that he's starting another business, like 
obviously he he wants to do more and continue to be successful and he's putting the time and effort into it i thought that was pretty pretty cool to hear him say and the quality stands out yeah awesome well we thank andrew again we thank you guys for listening that's episode 13 now of connected by scenes podcast the trio once again delivering just top-notch material here uh, on connected (laughs) by scenes podcast but check us out subscribe follow rate review do everything please spotify apple Podcasts, youtube go buy a watch or everywhere go buy a watch original grain my goodness check them out please once our oh my gosh. Up, go tell a story. <laughs> Buy it, post it, let them know how great it is. You won't be disappointed. Original Grain, check them out. The real OG. But that does it for us. 